Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. So, welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is Brad Constantine, and this discussion is going to be 1 Nephi chapter 22. Congratulations on getting through a couple of chapters of Isaiah. You should be proud of yourselves for doing that. So, chapter 22 is actually Nephi's commentary on these last two chapters of Isaiah that we've just read. So, this also helps us to better understand what Isaiah had to say because Nephi actually give us a, gives us a commentary on it. So, let's get into chapter 22, verse 1. And now it came to pass that after I, Nephi, had read these things which were engraven upon the plates of brass, my brethren came unto me and said unto me, What meaneth these things which we have, which ye have read? Behold, are they to be understood according to things which are spiritual, which shall come to pass according to the spirit and not the flesh? And I, Nephi, said unto them, Behold, they are manifest unto the prophet by the voice of the spirit, for by the spirit are all things made known unto the prophets. Joseph F. Smith said that spirit, it must be remembered, is by way of preeminence called the spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father. It teaches all things and brings to the remembrance of the saints all the instructions of the Master. He guides into all truth, and as in all truth there is unity or harmony, so it is believed that if the saints are in possession of this Spirit, the harmony in the Church of Christ will be superior to the harmony that can be looked for or hoped for in any other organization whatsoever. And because the saints have free access to the Holy Spirit and may walk within, its, within His light and fellowship, and possess the intelligence which he is able to impart, a stricter harmony among the saints may be insisted upon than in any, than in any other organization of men whatsoever. Continuing verse 2, which shall come upon the children of men according to the flesh. Wherefore, the things of which I have read are things pertaining to things both temporal and spiritual. For it appears that the house of Israel, sooner or later, will be scattered upon all the face of the earth and also among all nations. Verse 4, And behold, there are many who are already lost from the knowledge of those who are at Jerusalem. Yea, the more part of all the tribes have been led away, and they are scattered to and fro upon the isles of the sea. Sir Isaac Newton observed that the Hebrews, the continents of Asia and Africa, were the earth because they had access to them by land, while the parts of the earth to which they, they sailed over the sea were the isles of the sea. So even America would be considered isles of the sea to those from Israel, from, from uh, the Middle East, and from Europe. And whither they are, none of us knoweth, save that, save that we know that they have been led away. It ought to be observed that the lost tribes are not lost in the sense that we do not know where they are. The scriptures plainly tell us they have been scattered among every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. How then are they lost? They are lost temporally in the sense that they are in many instances lost to the lands of their inheritance. Of greater importance, they are lost in a spiritual sense. They are lost to the gospel and its saving ordinances. They are lost to the priesthood and all the blessings that flow from it. They are also lost in the sense of identity. They no longer know that they are Israel and that God made covenants with their ancient fathers whereby they might be blessed. They are so intermingled with the Gentiles of the world that they can only be identified by revelation. This revelation must come through ordained patriarchs, declaring to them their lineage and promised blessings as the chosen seed. 
but this only after they have found their way back to the fold of God in a natural sense. In a national sense, the Book of Mormon does much to reveal the identity of the tribes. We know that uh, most of the members of the church in our day are currently through the tribe of Ephraim, uh, but there are all of the other tribes of Israel have been identified in patriarchal blessings now. Verse 5, And since they have been led away, these things have been prophesied concerning them, and also concerning all those who shall hereafter be scattered and be confounded. In other words, that they're mixed up together with other people. Because of the Holy One of Israel, for against him will they harden their hearts. Wherefore, they shall be scattered among all nations and shall be hated of all men. So Isaiah has mainly five topics, generally speaking, that he covers. The scattering of Israel, the gathering of Israel, the last days, the second coming, and the Savior. And so those are kind of the five themes that he often is dealing with. And so uh, that's what he's talking about here now is the, is the scattering of Israel and the gathering. Verse 6, Nevertheless, after they shall be nursed by the Gentiles, and the Lord has lifted up his hand upon the Gentiles. Now, remember, the Gentiles is a Gentile nation, and that's, where, and that's from America, and that the light or the gospel is being sent first to the Gentiles, meaning the church in, in the Americas. And set them up for a standard, and their children have been carried in their arms, and their daughters have been carried upon their shoulders. Behold, these things of which are spoken are temporal, for thus are the covenants of the Lord with our fathers, and it meaneth us in the days to come, and also all our brethren who are of the house of Israel. And it meaneth that the time cometh that after all the house of Israel have been scattered and confounded, that the Lord God will raise up a mighty nation. He's talking here about the United States. Among the Gentiles, yea, even upon the face of this land, and by them shall our seed be scattered. So that when the America, when Americans began to uh, colonize and to take over most of the United States, they would they drove the Lamanites uh, into the deserts and and caused them to be scattered. Verse eight. And after our seed is scattered, the Lord God will proceed to do a marvelous work among the Gentiles. Here He's given us an indication of the timing of when the gospel would come forth. So we know that the Book of Mormon and the restoration of the gospel wouldn't start until after the Lamanites had begun to be scattered uh, throughout the America. Which shall be of great worth unto our seed, wherefore it is likened unto their being nourished by the Gentiles and being carried in their arms and upon their shoulders. President Kimball said, A loving father does not despise his children. These Lamanites are a chosen people, and this church has an important part in restoring them to their rightful inheritance. The chasm between what they are and what they will be is opportunity. The gospel furnishes that opportunity. It is ours to give. Verse 9, And it shall also be of worth unto the Gentiles, and not only unto the Gentiles, but unto all the house of Israel, unto the making known of the covenants of the Father of heaven unto Abraham, saying, In thy seed shall all the kingdoms of the earth be blessed. And I would, my brethren, that ye should know that all the kindreds of the earth cannot be blessed unless he shall make bear his arm in the eyes of the flesh. In other words, God will show his power unto men. The power of God, here represented as the Lord making bare his arm, will be manifest by the taking of the gospel and its eternal covenants to all the nations and peoples of the earth. That same God who delivered Israel from the might of Egypt will in the latter days show again his power with greater miracles than those witnessed at the hands of Moses. Jeremiah recorded the Lord's promise where he said, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, The Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he had driven them. And I will bring them again into their land that, that I gave unto their fathers. 
Missionaries must go to the lands that have not yet received them until the gospel has penetrated every continent, visited every clime, swept every country, and sounded in every ear till the purposes of God shall be accomplished, and the great Jehovah shall say the work is done. Verse 11, Wherefore the Lord God will proceed to make bare his arm in the eyes of all the nations in bringing about his covenants and his gospel unto those who are of the house of Israel. Wherefore he will bring them again out of captivity, and they shall be gathered together to the lands of their inheritance. Israel is not to gather to one land alone, but to many. They have a promised inheritance in the Palestine of old, while the descendants of Joseph have claim upon the Americas, both north and south, and we fully expect to learn of our lands, of other lands promised to various of the transplanted tribes of Israel. Continuing verse 12, And they shall be brought out of obscurity and out of darkness. Scattered Israel is to be freed from the captivity of ignorance and the bondage of false forms of, of worship. No longer are they to walk in darkness and worship gods of wood and stone or other supposed gods who have neither body parts nor passions. Their obscurity has ended. For now they know the true and living God who is their Savior and, re and their Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. Jeremiah prophetically described this day, saying, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. The Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely my fathers have inherited, our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. Shall a man make gods unto himself, and are they no gods? Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know. I will cause them to know mine hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. And they shall know that the Lord is their Savior and their Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. 13. And the blood of that great and abominable church, which is the whore of all the earth, shall turn upon their own heads, for they shall war among themselves, and the sword of their own hands shall fall upon their own heads, and they shall be drunken with their own blood. And every nation which shall war against thee, O house of Israel, shall be turned one against, the, one against another, and they shall fall into the pit which they dig to ensnare the people of the Lord. And all that fight against Zion shall be destroyed, and that great whore who hath perverted the right ways of the Lord, yea, that great and abominable church, shall, turn, shall tumble to the dust, and great shall be the fall of it. For behold, saith the prophet, now this is Zenus speaking, it appears that Malachi either quoted Zenus or received an independent revelation in the same terms, because this is very similar to Malachi. The time cometh speedily that Satan shall have no more power. Satan is to be bound by the power of God. Over the hearts of the children of men, for the day soon cometh that all the proud and they who do wickedly shall be as stubble, and the day cometh that they must be burned. The earth must be prepared for its, ter its terrestrial state by getting rid of those things that do not qualify for such a state. 16. For the time soon cometh that the fullness of the wrath of God shall be poured out upon all the children of men, for he will not suffer that the wicked shall destroy the righteous. Wherefore, he will preserve the righteous by his power. The saints are preserved by the hand of God, not by personal righteousness. Righteousness is a companion to faith, and together these principles open the heavens so that God's blessings may be poured out upon the saints. The blessings, however, come from God, not from the goodness and righteousness of the saints. We acknowledge the hand of God in all things. Continuing verse 17, Even if it so be that the fullness of his wrath must come, and the righteous be preserved, even unto the destruction of their enemies by fire, which is what will happen at the second coming of Christ, wherefore the righteous need not fear, for thus saith the prophet, they shall be saved, even if it so be as by fire. Elder, Elder Marky Peterson said, In these the last days the Lord has predicted that there shall be two simultaneous movements. One of these movements is the great tribulation that shall come upon the world. The wicked will destroy the wicked, 
The other great movement, which will be going forward simultaneously, is that there shall be a stone cut out of the mountain without hands, and it shall roll forth and eventually fill the whole earth. The church to which you and I belong is that stone. It has been cut out of the mountain without hands, and your destiny and mine is to help roll it forth. Now, do you suppose for one moment that the judgments of God are going to interfere with the progress of his work? He is consistent, isn't he? Although he will pour out his tribulations upon the wicked, he nevertheless will carry forward his work, and his people under divine protection will roll forth that stone until eventually it fills the whole earth. And so says the Book of Mormon. I believe that in the midst of all these tribulations, God will send fire from heaven if necessary, to destroy our enemies while we carry forward our work and push that stone until it fills the whole earth. Your destiny is to do that very thing, and this is the kind of protection you will have. You do not need to fear about world conditions. You do not need to fear about anybody. Just serve the Lord and keep his commandments and build the kingdom, and as you do so, you will be protected in these last days. God will have his hand over you, and you can plan your lives in confidence. That was from a conference talk in 1960. So a lot of things have changed since then, haven't they? Uh, Brigham Young said, God has been and is our helper and is on our right and left and round about us like a wall of fire to defend this people if they serve him with an undivided heart. Joseph Fielding Smith said, do not think for a moment that the days of trial are over. They are not. Remember President Nelson just recently saying that there will be persecutions that will be coming again. If we keep the commandments of the Lord, we shall prosper. We shall be blessed. The plagues, the calamities that have been promised will be poured out upon the peoples of the earth, and we shall escape them. Yet they shall pass us by. But remember, the Lord says, if we fail to keep his word, if we walk in the ways of the world, they will not pass us by, but we shall be, but he sh but we shall be visited with floods and with fire, with sword and with plague and destruction. We may escape these things through faithfulness. Joseph Smith said it is a false idea that the saints will escape all the judgments while the wicked suffer for all flesh is subject to suffer and the righteous shall hardly escape. Still many of the saints will escape for the just shall live by faith yet many of the righteous shall fall a prey to disease to pestilence etc by reason of the weakness of the flesh and yet be saved in the kingdom of God so that it is an unhallowed principle to say that such and such have, a, have transgressed because they have been preyed upon by disease or death. Verse 18, Behold, my brethren, I say unto you that these things must shortly come, yea, even blood and fire and vapor of smoke must come, and it must needs be upon the face of this earth. Brother McConkie said, It may be, for instance, nothing that nothing except the power of faith and the authority of the priesthood can save individuals and congregations from the atomic holocausts that surely shall be. Uh, continuing verse 18, It cometh unto men according to the flesh, if it so be that they will harden their hearts against the Holy One of Israel. For behold, he, the righteous shall not perish, for the time surely must come that all they who fight against Zion shall be cut off. And the Lord will surely prepare a way for his people unto the fulfilling of the words of, Mo of Moses, which he spake, saying, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up. Like unto me, him shall ye bear, him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that all those who will not hear that prophet shall be cut off from among the people. And now I, Nephi, declare unto you that this prophet of whom Moses spake was the Holy One of Israel. Wherefore, he shall execute judgment in righteousness. And the righteous need not fear, for they are those who shall not be confounded. But it is the kingdom of the devil which shall be built up among the children of men, which kingdom is established among them which are in the flesh. For, time, for the time speedily shall come that all 
churches which are built up to get gain and all those who are built up to get power over the flesh and those who are built up to become popular in the eyes of the world and those who seek the lusts of the flesh and the things of the world and to do all manner of iniquity yea and fine all those who belong to the kingdom of the devil are they who need fear and tremble and quake they are those who must be brought low in the dust they are those who must be consumed as stubble and this is according to the words of the prophet remember this is still nephi explaining to his brothers the meaning of uh, of the of the chapters of isaiah that we've just read the four areas of trouble to get gain to get power to be popular and to seek the lusts of the flesh 24 and the times come speedily that the righteous must be led up as calves of the stall and the holy one of israel must reign in dominion and might and power and great glory he's talking here about the millennium and he gathereth his children from the four quarters of the earth the message of the restoration will have spread to all lands the book of mormon in concert with the bible repetitiously affirms that israel the ten tribes included will be scattered among all nations the scriptures do not sustain popular expressions which suppose that the lost tribes are anywhere other than scattered among the nations on earth they will be gathered by the preaching of the elder by the, of the elders of the church the prophets among them into the congregations of the saints then established in their lands continuing verse 25 and he numbered his sheep he numbereth his sheep and they know him and there shall be one fold and one shepherd and he shall feed his sheep and in him shall they find pasture the greater part of the gathering of israel will not take place until the millennial era and because of the righteousness of his people satan has no power the millennium will be ushered in with power and maintained by righteousness. Satan will be bound by the power of the priesthood, and then righteousness will keep him away. Continuing verse 26, Wherefore he cannot be loosed for the space of many years, for he hath no power over the hearts of the people, for they dwell in righteousness, and the Holy One of Israel reigneth. President Kimball once said that if we could um, obey the Spirit always and keep Satan away, then the, it was as if the millennium had already come and Satan were bound. Verse 28, but behold, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people will dwell safely in the Holy One of Israel, if it so be that they will repent. Members and non-members will both dwell safely if they will repent. Verse 29, and now I, Nephi, make an end, for I durst not speak further as yet concerning these things. Wherefore, my brethren, I would that ye should consider that the things which have been written upon the plates of brass are true, and they testify that a man must be obedient to the commandments of God. Wherefore, ye need not suppose that I and my father are the only ones that have, have testified and also taught them. Wherefore, if ye, have, if ye shall be obedient to the commandments and endure to the end, ye shall be saved at the last day. And thus it is. Amen. Hartman Rector Jr. said this, Endure to the end. What does that mean? I believe it means basically three things. One, we must continue to repent for the rest of our lives because we still will make mistakes and we must go home clean or we can't dwell with the Father and the Son. Two, we must continue to forgive others. If we do not forgive others, we cannot obtain forgiveness ourselves. And three, yes, we must be nice. If you're not nice, I don't think we're going to make it. In other words, we must be have charity, which is really love, plus sacrifice. Robert D. Hale said, We were not sent by Father in heaven just to be born. We were sent to endure and return to him with honor. We learn to endure to the end by learning to finish our current responsibilities, and we simply continue doing it all our lives. We cannot expect to learn endurance in our later years if we have developed the habit of quitting when things get a little difficult now. I bear testimony of the truthfulness of these things, that as we 
uh, strive to keep the commandments. And, and you can see from Nephi's descriptions here that Isaiah is pretty easy to understand, isn't he? I hope that we can gain a better appreciation for the words of Isaiah because we're going to get several more chapters in 2 Nephi. I bear testimony of the truth of these things. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.